You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones. We are here talking a little Auburn football. PFF released their top 10 rated defensive backs. And one Auburn Tiger is curiously absent. We'll talk about it right here on the morning drop. Y'all know how we do. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop time. You got Ike Jones in here. Be will on a Monday morning. It is June the 26th. Indeed. June is quickly coming to an end, but, you know, it's list season. And so we're looking at all the lists and we're trying to, you know, checking them twice, trying to find out who's (laughs) not. We are making sure that people are doing what they're supposed to do in regards to being honest about information that they're putting out here in these lists. Um, and so far, I found them a little lacking. Not not unusual. You know, everybody feels like the projections for their team or their players that they like is, oh, he's so underrated. But in this case, again, I hate I hate to feel like I'm bagging on PFF. Man. I really do. But they're a statistical analysis organization. Their entire model is built on their ability to do analysis based upon the statistical data, right? So I think it's only fair that we look at the statistics that they use as a basis to determine whether or not any of the lists that they're putting out makes sense. That's fair, right? Sounds fair to me. I don't know. I I don't know. I follow your logic. I mean, I I try to use logic in these situations to make sure I'm not being too biased. I do have a little homer, not a little, I have a lot of homerism in me, (laughs) right? Like, I admit that. But, hey, look, man, let's be honest about what we're saying out here. Anyway, um... I didn't even ask you how you was doing this morning, man. I'm tripping. How are you? I'm today? good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead and get 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 back upset about this. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Just I am. <laughs> I'm confused, mm-hmm. and my confusion leads me to ask questions. Right? Mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus put out a series of lists. It was all one really long article listing the top 10 players in the country or draft eligible players in the country. So it's not who they think is the best player, but people who are draft eligible this year, they listed the top 10 players going into the next season for every position, right? Every position group, they said, all right, these are the best 10 guys who could potentially go to the NFL draft. Last time I checked, DJ James, draft eligible, right? Am I is am I incorrect in that assessment? You are correct. He was draft el- eligible in this past offseason. Okay, so he could have gone to the draft last year, which means he could still go to the draft then again this year. Yes. That's not they don't they didn't change that. No, they they did not. Okay, all right. So we're good there. Now, I have to wonder the list that you put out why he's absent from it, right? So I'll run down the list for you. It starts with, you've already looked at the list, but before you even looked at the list, what would be your guess as to the number of players that would come from that school on this list? Let me see. It's just a cornerback list, right? Yeah, just a cornerback list. Um, So they're only going to have 
two potential cornerbacks on the field, right? And unless you're counting the slot corner, but I think these are all outside corners. So Correct. only two potential corners going to be on the field for this team. Right. Of those two, how many of those two do you think are on this list? Five. <laughs> they would have found a way to put five cornerbacks because not just the two who played the most last year, but two incoming. And yeah, they but at least two, at least two cornerbacks. For That's Bama. correct. They have two cornerbacks available to play. Two of them, both of them are on this list that they anticipate starting. Another question, the defending national champions, two cornerbacks on that team. How many of those two do you think are on this list? They probably actually deserve the benefit of the doubt, but I would guess two. Both of them are also on this list. All right, so let's start with it then. Kool-Aid McKinstry is first listed on it. Now, I don't, I don't know if they're putting these in order. Mm-hmm. I just know this is the order that they're listed on this article. Kool-Aid McKinstry starts off the list as the number one or one of the top 10 defensive backs draft eligible for the 2024 NFL draft. All right. Next on the list, Kalen King from Penn State, which Penn State has some great defensive backs, right? Mm -hmm. They just had a guy that went in the top uh, first round of the draft last year in Joey Porter Jr., right? No problem there, really. And we'll look look at the list more uh, conclusively and look at the numbers. Next up on the list, we have Cooper DeJean from Iowa. Iowa? Great defense, right? They they always play really good defense. No problems there. You would assume that someone on their team – is a really good defensive back when they have a defense that that's good. Right. Denzel Burke from Ohio State, another blue chip school. You know, I don't, they, defense not necessarily like the calling card for that team, but they do have a good defense at Ohio State, a defensive back from that unit, un, not unexpected. Right. Ash Newton from TCU next on this list. Uh, he was on a TCU defense that played well until they saw the likes of Georgia and got sandblasted, right? So not not mad at that. TCU's defense good. Javon Bullard, Georgia Bulldog, next on the list. Right after him, Kamari Lassiter, also from Georgia. Fentrell Cypress, the second from Florida State. Don't know too much about Florida State's defense, but okay. We'll see. You know, he was, he's a transfer from Virginia who had a good, since last year, right, right. So, Florida State, low key though. Like they got, they got some talent. They, they, they put a squad together in this offseason. Yeah, for real. Jason Marshall Jr. of Florida on this list, and then last on the list, Malachi Moore from the University of Tuscaloosa. All right. Yes. Listen, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I've, I haven't watched all these guys play. On the surface, you'd say, you know, you read the stuff that they have on there about coverage grades and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, these all seem like worthy guys, right? Like, but, you know, you know, I had to go look it up. Okay. Go see, because I'm like, DJ James isn't on this list. There are five guys from the SEC and DJ James isn't on the list. Mm. Maybe DJ James isn't as good statistically or by the numbers as I thought. So I looked it up. Okay. Here are the numbers of all of these players. What you have listed here on my thing is the player, what school they're at. I just read off the top 10 for you. Their overall defensive grade rating is the first column here. Their coverage rating is the second column. Their run defense and then their tackle rating, right? Mm -hmm. All of those 
it's laid out for you. DJ James down at the bottom here. And I'll put this out on social media for those of you who are listening on podcasts and want to be able to see this graphically. We'll put some sort of graphic out on social media so you can see this. Of the players listed here on this list, overall rating, there are only one, two, three. Three players that have a higher overall defensive rating than DJ James. It's a list of 10 now. Only three of them have a better rating than him. None of them that are the SEC players have a higher rating than him. Not a single one. And these are the same ratings issued by... The, Same organization. I got this from Pro Football Focus. I looked up the numbers from Pro Football Focus. Uh, How? Mm. Coverage rating. DJ James, 85.7 rated. Only one, two, three players again with a higher rating than him in coverage. Yeah. Run defense. 65, is that 65? 63.3. 63.3, excuse me. I can't even read my own stuff. Um, That's old man eyes right there for you. I'm looking at my own graphic and can't read it. Um, He's not the highest rated run defender, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not even close. Uh, There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them on this list higher than him in run defense. Tackling, though, he's right back up there close to the top. My question is, how do you look at the numbers from Pro Football Focus and he's not in that top 10? Wouldn't it make the most sense to grab the highest 10 rated Pro Football Focus cornerbacks that are returning and draft eligible and make your top 10 list that way? I would assume that's how they made the list to begin with. Mm-hmm. You looked at people that are eligible for the draft. Then you go back and look at your own ratings and pull the top 10 from that and say, these are the top rated draft eligible players going into this season. I would assume that's how you do it. So then you have to wonder why the subjectivity? What's what's the reasoning that you have behind saying these are the best players when your own rating system doesn't back that up? I don't understand it. I mean, we and again, uh, this is not these these are not even orange and blue goggles that I'm viewing this through. It's your numbers. These are alphanumeric goggles. <laughs> like all I did was read the numbers off a chart. You po- oh, you man. post the numbers, I look at the numbers, and then you post the list, and I look at the list, and I say, "This don't make sense." How is this possible? So one one thing that I know was not included here in, in these grades are statistics, right? You can be not great at coverage, but still mm-hmm. end up credited with pass breakups or uh, a poor completion percentage for the wide receivers that you're covering if the other team's quarterback is not accurate. It got into the neighborhood, but the guy couldn't really catch it. So you had a great opportunity to make a play on the ball. You did. You get more pass breakups that way. Okay. That's one thing. The second thing is 
we were a very poor run defense last year. People weren't trying to throw on us. You didn't have to. You could move the ball, control the clock, control the game. So that limits the opportunities for DJ James as an excellent corner to accrue the statistics that make it look like, oh, well, he's out there just shutting everything down. He's not getting those pass breakups. He's not getting the, the, you know, oh, people only completed 20% of passes thrown at him. Yeah, they're not throwing passes. So there you go. That affects the cornerback statistics. You're not getting INTs at the other team and throwing the ball. Um, you can just run the ball at will. Somebody's, you get a bust or two here or there, sure. Everybody can, can have that happen to them. But people didn't not throw at DJ James because they were scared. I mean, they might have been. You didn't have to throw. You didn't even have to throw to take advantage of the Auburn defense last year. So that plays into why he doesn't have the statistics. And teams like Bama and Georgia, who got a big on teams, usually other teams have to throw their way back in. They have enough defense to pressure the quarterback, make him look bad, play bad, and the defensive backfield for Bama and Georgia clean up in, in stat pad on the way to a victory. That explains statistics. However, if you're going to take the time at Pro Football Focus to accurately assess their performance and give them grades, that means you have taken into account that Kool-Aid McKinstry is not as good in coverage as DJ James is. Okay. He's not as good in coverage. His uh, playing the run, he was, of course, better playing the run. Okay. I need a corner. <laughs> To be good at coverage, it's kind of why he's out there. Like the the number I mean, one that skill. is the primary role. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. You still got to play the run, of course. You got to tackle, but his tackling grade was better. It was more. It was like the fourth on on the list of those ten. If if he was in that list of ten, he would have been the fourth in tackling. He would have been the fourth in coverage. He'd have been he'd have been the fourth rated guy based upon their own numbers. Right. In almost every category. Right except for run defense. Run defense would have been the only thing that he'd have been below the top six in, and he was top four in everything else, but he's missing from the list completely. We're not even saying he's too low on your list of tips. Like, that's right. that's what's mind-boggling about this. Right. And I, I get it. If you're a Bama fan and you're watching this, you're going to tell me about Malachi Moore being injured, and that's the reason why the last two years – you know, he's been on and off the field and he he's due for a bounce back year. Go look at his freshman numbers. I did. I did go and look at Malachi Moore's freshman numbers and they were better than the last two seasons. That still doesn't explain to me why DJ James name is not on the list. I'm not saying take Malachi Moore off of the list, but you're giving Malachi Moore credit for what you think he can potentially bounce back and be from a freshman season that he's two years removed from on this list, as opposed to a guy who actually did it consistent. He's gotten consistently better since his freshman year at Oregon, and he's not getting that benefit, but you're giving Malachi more the benefit of, well, I saw him do it as a freshman, and even though he's been injured, we think he can get back. That's silly. Yeah. That's silly to me. Yeah, I I'm, I think more about it now, and I'm thinking about the number of points they gave up at Tennessee, the number of points that they gave up at LSU. I, it's it's really really hard. Again, I I I don't want to harken too far back to the conversation we had yesterday on the weekend tailgate. 
usually Alabama is going to clean the floor with anybody they're more talented than. That's when you get mm-hmm. those stats up. All right. Right. That's when you you pick up, oh man, well, they they crushed Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas was bad. They crushed Auburn. Auburn was bad. And even then they still gave up a whole bunch of rush yards, which I remember Dick Saban being very uh cantankerous about their defense giving up yards. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, the 2011 season when they had this great defense and then they played the Georgia Southern team who came in there and scored like 21 points on them, which was unheard of because nobody was scoring that many points because that team. But anyway, Nick Saban said after, he said, yeah, if I had known that they were running that offense, we wouldn't put them on the schedule. He doesn't want to see his teams give up those yards. But they gave up a lot of yards to Auburn. They gave up a lot of yards to Tennessee. And I can only imagine what that was like. And I watched these players and these teams in these moments when they're giving up all these yards, big plays being made. Like these days of shut down corners at Alabama, Eli Ricks didn't do what they thought he was going to do coming from uh, LSU. He just he, he wasn't that good. No corner there gave me, ooh, we, we, that guy's scary. I didn't see it. So why are these grades? Why are they on this list? I could, I could find you. I could take both of those Bama corners off and find you two, two players to replace them in the country and have right. this list be accurate. In the country? I, I did, I, bro, I don't I, I didn't go so far in I, I I really wanted to get into the weeds on this and look at um you know the numbers for multiple guys in the SEC that I know are good, right? There's not a single LSU player listed on this, and LSU always has good defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Always. Not mm-hmm. a single LSU player. And I didn't go again, I could have gone further into the weeds and gone and looked at traditionally good defensive teams like Kentucky. Arkansas, LSU, Missouri had a great defense last year to go look and see what their corners were rated. Right. But I did go one step further, and I looked at Nehemiah Pritchett. So I'm going to pull up okay. the grades that we have on here already, and I'm going to read you Nehemiah Pritchett's numbers. A, a, a person who Auburn fans seem to think not that good, right? Nehemiah Pritchett's defensive rating, 70.6. Mm-hmm. That's higher than one. Two people on this list, right? Mm-hmm. His run defense is 55.8. Not great, mm-hmm. right? He is going to be only w- higher than one person on this list. That is Burks from Ohio State. Right. Uh, his coverage grade, 73. That would put him above one, two, two players on this list. Mm-hmm. No, actually, no, three. Yeah, over Malachi Moore at 65, over Jay Marshall at 66.3, over Lasseter at 71.1. Oh, and Burks at 70.6. And Burks at 70, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what else did I, I, I'm missing here? His tackling grade? Mm-hmm. 51.3. Which wasn't great, so. Yeah. So, I could make an argument that according to this list, he should be in contention, at least, based upon the fact that he's, in some categories, better than some of the guys that they have on their top 10. I say that to say, this can't be the best 10 players that are drafted. It can't. It can't. It's it impossible. No. What, because what, if I can make that argument for a guy who I think is not even our best corner, like the obvious name missing from this list, but not even our best corner has an argument to be on this list. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, man. I really, you know, I, at this point in time, I just want somebody from Pro Football Focus to come on the show. <laughs> like, I just do. I just want them to come on and explain it to me. Like, 
tell me what I'm missing because I have to be missing something, right? Like right. it can't just be the numbers because if it were just the numbers, then like you you published the numbers, right? Like I, again, I didn't I didn't make these numbers up. I'm reading them directly off the Pro Football Focus site. I didn't just arbitrarily decide I was going to insert my own numbers into your numbers. You gave me the numbers and then you gave me a list and I checked the list versus your numbers. And I'm like, well, well, now I'm confused. How did, how, how did we make this list again? Yeah. You know, there was, um, I'm, I'm thinking about this list and we know that pro football focus publishes all these, these statistics and these metrics, but the article is written by somebody named, it, it doesn't matter. I don't want to sound like we attack the guy. It's, it's just written by a dude. And even with these groups of, of players to watch in each position group, he's not even ranking them. So this does have some room for some such subjectivity. All right. I, I don't want to make it sound like because all these players are rated. He could, this guy could watch these games and watch these players and say, this guy has one thing that I know some DCs are going to really like in the NFL. And so that's why I think he's going to be a great prospect. Not because he's the best at, these things here, but because what he does here can make him a prime pick in the NFL. Like I'm, I'm trying to find some room for it because he's not, he didn't say here are the 10 best. He says the 10 most, well, prospects to know at every draft position. So he's putting some on your radar. Maybe it's not the best one, but maybe it's something that, uh, you know, players are going to be, or excuse me, teams are going to be jockeying for when it comes to the NFL draft here. And man, that was last month, 11 months or so, when all this evaluation starts in about, you know, nine months. Maybe that's what he's saying. But other than that, no, it doesn't It doesn't make much, much sense. Listen, I, I don't know. I don't have the first clue. If, I, if it made sense to me, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, or maybe we'd have this conversation in a different way. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We are going to head to the comment section. You guys make sure that you're sharing the video, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all of that stuff. But we're going to hear what you all have to say about DJ James, in my opinion, getting snubbed. But hey, listen, I want to hear what you guys think. I know you're Auburn fans, so you're probably going to agree with me. And please, please tag somebody from one of those other fan bases so they can get in here and tell me why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Even though we're looking at the numbers, I want them to tell me why I'm wrong. James Sawyer starts it off, says, B-Will speaking too much logic this morning. Mm. It's wild to not include DJ for real. <laughs> Lawrence Robinson jumps in. The Iowa rating could be inflated too. Seems like the number of passes defended should definitely be a factor. I doubt the Iowa cornerback has a large amount. Yeah, so and and that's what I was I was thinking the the number passes defended pass breakups uh you know opportunities to get into the passing lane influence the, the the completion if you don't have a lot of those then you're you're kind of behind in this but I mean the Iowa guy and the, and the Florida State guy both had astronomical coverage grades which I'm sure however he's looking at it that that plays a large part as to why they're on the list so 
I don't know, man. I mean, we know Iowa can play defense, right? They're not gonna put nobody back there that can't do the job. So, well, I mean, again, like I, it's 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 a it's supposed to be an equitable rating system, though, right? right? So, if all of the things in however they come up with these numbers are equitable, I'm using I'm still using your numbers, right? I don't know. Hot Dog Water jumps in and asks, why is Kool-Aid rated so high? That is a very good question. I don't I don't actually know the answer right. to why he's rated so high. I, I didn't see too much from him last year to say this is a, a scary cornerback. But again, measurables though, right? We talk oh, about yeah, draft no, eligibility. I get why he would be high on someone's draft board. Right. Like I get, you know, the 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 him being tall, strong, fast, all of those things. Completely understood. But none of those things contribute to whether or not he plays well, and the numbers should be the numbers, not, right. well, we're going to give you a little extra credit because you're a little taller than this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I would assume that this is correct, Haley, who jumps in and says the numbers don't lie, but apparently they lie to me. <laughs> apparently the numbers are not telling me the truth because I don't understand them Someone needs to explain it to me because, again, I'm only using the rating system that you all put up. Yeah. Lawrence Robinson back in. No Pritchett or James. Neither one of the two made the list. Again, I could make an argument based upon this list that Pritchett has a place that he could potentially be on here. And again, I don't I think the thing that is semi upsetting for me and this is not a dig against Malachi Moore specifically in that I think he's a bad player. It's that we know that players who are coming back from injury may never realize the, the potential that they were showing mm. earlier before that injury. Yeah. And yeah. he ha- he just simply, he's been in and out of their line- lineup with, for, with injuries for the past two seasons. Right. So again, we're now coming into a third season removed from his freshman campaign where he showed all this promise for them. And they're giving him this huge benefit of the doubt that even if I looked at Malachi's Moore, Malachi Moore's best season with Bama, it still doesn't mean that he'll ever equal that again right. after dealing with all those injuries. I just I don't understand why any again, none of that has anything to do with whether or not DJ James deserves to be on that list. Because right. we could take we could keep Malachi Moore on the list and he's still higher than five other dudes on there. Right. Uh, Retro jumps in and said Cooper had five picks and three of them were pick sixes. That's insane. Listen, there were some guys on this list. I mean, let's go look at it. Absolutely again. deserving it's, of being on this list. It, it's a couple dudes on this list. I was like, good Lord, bro. Like uh, the kid from Iowa, Cooper DeJean, who mm-hmm. he was talking about, rated 88.5 overall. Like his, he doesn't have a grade sub 85 on this entire thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, this kid, Newton from TCU, mm-hmm. legit. Um, somebody brought this up in the comment section and I and definitely, I meant to address this in, in running down all this stuff. I just kind of got into it a little too heavily in that is retro saying that Bullard played safety, right? But mm-hmm. according to this, um, and I'm going to read what they have on him because I, I did note that when I was putting my, my stuff together for the show today, Javon Bullard, um, whether you, it says, and I'm reading this directly from the article, whether you classify him as a cornerback or a safety, Bullard's true home is in the slot. In fact, he's an honorable mission All-American for PFF past season as a slot cornerback. Okay. Um, so he played safety, but he he played slot corner as well. I didn't even want to get into the slot corner situation because then I'd have to wonder why Keontae Scott's Scott, not they, on here. There you go. 
And I was like, I don't even want to go down that road. And I was like, okay, now now you mess now you messing with me, PFF, because if I was just giving you the outside corner situation, you you definitely are not telling me that these are the ten best. You're just you're definitely not, right? Again, we didn't have any gripes with Bullard anyway. It was more about <laughs> the, the if the overall grade is three, four, five points lower than Pritchett, then why ain't Pritchett? I'm um, excuse me, than uh than DJ James and why ain't DJ James on the list? Yeah, right. Um, appreciate the super chat here from Dang Dang, former core worker right there, man, my guy. Uh, happy uh, about the War Report's growth this year. Congrats, guys. Prefer Auburn players be underrated. To be honest, makes them hungry and dangerous on the field. Listen, man, at some point in time, man, we got to be hungry and dangerous and and properly rated, too, though. Like, listen, man, Georgia was out there underperforming like hell for years, and now they're on a run. I want to – we need to get to that place where you see it coming and you still get busting them out. Yeah. Yeah. Pause to all of that. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) 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 Hell. (laughs) <laughs> oh man AU alum 94 says this is like you grading a 93 on your final and the teacher's just gonna uh, just going to say you're getting a C because that's what you deserve you were sleeping in class you weren't paying attention <laughs> it's like I, I know you I know you scored properly on all the tests but I'm still failing you I, I just I don't you know you did all the work that was necessary but I just you know I never really liked you that much yeah so I'll just arbitrarily decide decide you're going to get a lower grade. You know what, though? I I, I must say this. As we think about how much the perception of what these players are and what our program is plays into the expectations that people place on players as they're becoming draft eligible, there was a point where after the run in 2013 and 14 that Gus Malzahn had with offense— Every year you watched games, whether it was 2015, where the offense was underwhelming and poor, 2016, where it was underwhelming, but it kind of picked up, and 17 picked it back up too. But then for the next three seasons, 18, 19, and 20, Gus Malzahn had an offensive genius tag if, if for every broadcast you listened to. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, boy, that did not hold up. Out of eight years, he probably came through with, with that uh, tag and, and earned that reputation three three and a half maybe, and the others were not good. But if you do it enough on the front end, if, if the way people come to know you is, oh man, look, he hit the scene with like this, this is outstanding. Now right. we can expect this from him. Now we talk about the players that he gets as if they're definitely going to be the next big thing. And I definitely saw that in recruiting analysis as Gus put together some classes. Like, oh, well, he's going to be awesome in Gus Malzahn's up. Do you remember we went to go play Florida in 2019? Bo Nix was a quarterback, of course. And mm-hmm. Dan Mullen said, well, Bo Nix was, was born to run a Gus Malzahn offense. Gus Malzahn was the worst thing that happened to Bo Nix. He was not good. Like, he did nothing for Bo Nix. What Gus did with his offense was the opposite of what Bo Nix needed. It didn't matter. The perception was, he's good. Bo Nix has these abilities. Oh, man, this is going to be awesome. Now we got him projected. He won freshman of the year. He did not deserve freshman of the year in 2019. But expectation plays a large part in all these things. And I definitely expect that, of course, we've already talked about the saving effect. Defensive backs used to be his bread and butter. And they kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on that, which is what I think Kool-Aid McKinstry and Malachi Moore are getting. More with McKinstry because he's never looked outstanding to me 
Moore looked outstanding for a minute and then hasn't been able to get back. At least right. you can harken back to something mentally and say, well, I've seen him play really, really well. McKinstry, I don't know what that's about. A lot of hype that, and, and listen, again, what I'm saying right now has nothing to do with whether or not I think that they're going to perform well this season. I Again, I'm looking at the numbers you've already presented, and I'm telling you I don't understand how you've created these as the most worthy to be on the list. Maybe it's the low interception numbers, right? Like you mm-hmm. you want guys with more INT, but I, I mean, I didn't even look. How many interceptions does Kool-Aid McKin- I Again, I... I don't want I don't want to deconstruct your list so much because at some point in time it should just be obvious this is what we went with. In a site that based their things on their entire thing is statistics, mm-hmm. I would expect your statistics to back up your list. And it just doesn't, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Just doesn't. So DJ James, go out there, have a phenomenal final season at Auburn and prove why you deserve to be on this list, sir. You should have been the first name out of anybody's mouth on this list from the SEC because I, I, based on these five names that came from the SEC, mm. you were absolutely snubbed. But we're out of here until next time. And as always, War Eagle, peace.